0: The Denver Broncos season has not gone how any of us has expected. With the Broncos' playoff ambition seemingly dead at this point, what is left to evaluate for the remaining seven games of the season? Plus, what must change for the Broncos going into 2023? And what went wrong with the season? We evaluate that and much more. Today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. What's up Broncos country welcome into a brand new episode of lockdown Broncos your daily Denver Broncos podcast part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day even though that this season has not gone how anybody in Broncos country has hoped for we just want to say thank you so much for making lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day free and available everywhere you get your podcast and audio format or whether you're watching on YouTube. Thank you so much Broncos country from the south stands to the end zone. I'm your host is always Cody Rourke Broncos reporter for mile high sports joined alongside us as always by my co-host Sarah Bettinger site expert predominantly orange.com. Sarah my friend this season has just been you know I'd say a massive letdown from the expectations we have all had throughout this year but you know what this isn't Madden we can't hit the sim to the end of the season button at this point in time there are seven games remaining for this Broncos football team so you know what it means it means that it is now officially evaluation season we're going to take a look at players who've had an impact and also coaching as well what could change potentially going into next year excited to break it all down with you here on today's episode of the show my man
1: I am too, Cody. You know, it's always one thing to focus on the present when things are going great or when you still have a chance. But man, when things start going haywire like this, you got to keep one eye on the future at the very least. We know the Broncos still have seven games left, but that's why we're talking about we're in evaluation season at this point. Now you're looking at can some of these coaches really prove their value, prove their worth in terms of sticking around? I think we have some obvious guys that we know that the Broncos should want to keep around going forward, but really it's evaluation season for everybody and and to me Cody everything in evaluation season you might as well you spell evaluation with the number three in place of the e because it's all about Russell Wilson here for the Denver Broncos when you're evaluating for the future because he is the future of this team regardless if anybody likes that right now regardless if everybody even wants that right now the Broncos and Russell Wilson are tied together for the next four years it is going to be how it is so it's now just a matter of maximizing that investment really figuring out okay you know troubleshooting you and i we're experts at troubleshooting at this point we we've done plenty of that throughout the course of the season it's a matter of figuring out okay where do we got to replug stuff in how do we got to change this to make russell wilson better everything has to revolve around him and one guy in particular on offense over the last couple weeks As we get into evaluation season, Cody, he's proving himself to be somebody that potentially could be a piece this team utilizes a lot more moving forward. Oh, and that's
0: Kendall Hinton. He had three catches, 57 yards in the first half alone. The Broncos offense in that first half, I think that we can all be in agreement. And even, you know, month or two to Broncos fans who've been disappointed with how the offense has been said, so, you know what? The Broncos offense is able to do some things better, right? They're able to do some things more efficiently, move the football downfield. Unfortunately, they couldn't get in the red zone once again. They couldn't punch it in. They couldn't score points when they needed to outside of Latavius Murray on that first quarter, punching it in from one yard out. We thought Kendall Hinton had it on a 33 yard catcher He stepped out at the half yard mark there, but just kind of going to that point, Kendall Hinton has proven to be a reliable asset for Russell Wilson. Now, we're not here saying that he's wide receiver one, wide receiver two, not even wide receiver three, but he is a very, very reliable role player. And if you have a guy in that position, he's not your top, one of your top three wide receivers. That's a really good thing to have here for this Broncos team. Now, granted, Denver's been banged up with injuries. No Jerry Judy, no KJ Hamler. Kendall Hinton stepped up in Jerry Judy's place on Sunday against the Raiders and also did against the Tennessee Titans. He has proven to have this security blanket with Russell Wilson. And early on in the season too, Sarah, when the Broncos had a chance in that big win against 49ers, who came up big in the fourth quarter? It was Kendall Hinton 20 yards downfield there. Things like that you love to see. We saw him have a great preseason as well. He's had an impact and I think that Everyone's looking for the luxury picks or the luxury signings. Kendall Hinton isn't the luxury guy, right? But he's the reliable guy. He's the guy that's going to get you from A to B. I think that's one thing that stood out to me this season. We could take a look at some other guys, too, on this team. And I, I think, ideally, we, we put it under perspective. We, we've talked about all the star players the Broncos have on the defensive side of the ball. There are a couple guys. There's a young guy and there's a savvy veteran who we didn't have very high expectations for initially coming into the season that have stepped up. Let's start off with Broncos rookie cornerback Damari Mathis, who stepped up when Ronald Darby tore his ACL. I felt like he's had a very under the radar year. I know he had the struggling game against the Chargers with pass interference. I know everyone wants to pick apart that, but from a coverage standpoint, Damari Mathis has actually been
1: pretty solid for the Broncos this season. He really has. And I think to me, he's kind of proven himself up to this point. To, I mean, is he a future starter for this defense? Is he like a fixture in the starting lineup? Not just a replacement for Ronald Darby for the time being, but is he a replacement for Ronald Darby kind of going forward? I mean, Ronald Darby was playing really good football before he got injured. And Damari Mathis wasn't playing at all. Remember, it was Ronald Darby, Kwan Williams, Pat Sertan out there at the cornerback positions. Now the Broncos have had to change things around a couple of times and Damari Mathis has been very very good I mean has he been perfect absolutely not we've I mean we don't expect these guys to go out there though every single week and just never give up any plays in coverage but we've seen very few rookie mistakes from him since that game against the Chargers I feel like he's been really good at at, you know passing off coverage to his help behind him I feel like he's been really good when he's been asked to play man coverage he's made some big plays in key situations he's come up and run support Damari Mathis looks like a you know fixture in the starting lineup at the NFL level he doesn't look like a real rookie out there like he's playing you know with his his head kind of just he's like treading water he looks like he's playing confidently he looks like he's getting better week in and week out he looks like he's learning from mistakes he's making adjustments to me Cody Jamari Mathis is passing the eye test when it comes to evaluation season in terms of his potential as a starter going forward And can we see him continue
0: to stack, right? Be more consistent, right? I think he had some good moments where he tackled well against Raiders, had a couple of missed tackles, but he's a young guy and you want to see him carry that over and learn week to week. And I know that Christian Parker, one of the best defensive back coaches in the National Football League, he's a rising name as well. People need to keep an eye on that. Uh, He's got a lot of high praise for Damari Mathis. I do think that outside of Damari and Pat Sertan, cornerback doesn't look very promising right now from a depth standpoint, you know, outside of K1, when K1 comes back, there's three guys that Denver has there, but the depth behind those guys, questionable at best and we'll see how George Payton addresses that. Alex Singleton, the final guy we'll touch on here as well, someone who's on a one-year deal has completely exceeded your and I's expectation, because when the move initially happened, I know you and I both did a podcast, we're like, "I, I, I just don't know if this pushes the needle or moves the needle forward for the Broncos here, why did they do this? And then now, like, he is. You can make the argument. He's the Broncos' best linebacker that they have right now. He's. He plays with his hair on fire. He's always around the football. He's what we, you and I,
1: always call a piss missile on the defensive side of the ball. He's fun to watch, man. I, oh, man. I think every single week you do, you just you love watching Forty Nine out there just making plays, and he does continually do that. He's. I, I, I mean, dating back to preseason was is kind of when we started eating this crow on Alex Singleton. We're like, man, he actually came out there and he looked pretty good. I remember back in like the first or second game of the preseason, we were kind of surprised to see that. Now it's no longer surprising. It would be more surprising now, Cody, to see him play poorly. I think he's played his way into a multi-year, you know, new contract with the Denver Broncos after the season. George Payton and the front office, the pro scouting department obviously did a really good job of identifying a guy that could be a great fit for Zero everrose defense, and you know, hopefully, any defense going forward. This is really something that I think the Broncos have discovered and maybe stumbled upon. I don't know. Obviously, they intentionally brought him in. They didn't make any other moves. That was the conversation all offseason. Inside linebackers, the weakest position on the defense. The team didn't make any other moves besides getting Alex Singleton and bringing back Jonas Griffith. Well, now that looks like maybe the strongest position group on the defense when all those guys are healthy. We've talked about it before. How can you find? way to get them all on the field well Alex Singleton Josie Jewell that duo has been outstanding Jonas Griffith unfortunately he won't be playing he's got the injury that he suffered in practice last week but Alex Singleton has done a tremendous job giving us confidence every single week with him and Josie Jewell out there those guys are going to get the job done I'm excited to see what he continues to do with seven
0: games remaining on this season. Broncos country, one thing we're going to talk about in today's episode of the show is what must change for this team going into 2023. You get that on today's podcast, but this episode is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And with Turo, you can book any car that you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan if you have a family road trip that's coming up. Or if you have a special event, birthday, or holiday, book yourself a classic or luxury car. Or if you're just trying to get from A to B, you can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget at Turo. Drive that new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life, and many tour hosts can even deliver the car right. To you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. And we're good friends over there at Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. With the Prize Picks app, you choose two to five players that you're focused on heading into the week. And these players, they'll have a projection that's set by Prize Picks. And you simply choose whether or not they will have more or less than their Price Picks projection, which could allow you to win 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to hit a promo code LOCKEDON. At sign up today for an instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. All right, Sarah. Continue on today's episode, with Locked On Broncos. What must change with this team going into twenty twenty three? I feel like we're going to get a lot of comments to say coaching staff. That you know, we're going to get all these things. Quarterback. We're going to get a multitude of things here. But I think we have to be realistic, right? We do not know at the point of the day, as of today. We have no idea what the team will look like next season from a coaching standpoint. We don't know who's going to stay on staff. We don't know who's going to be gone from staff. We know who Broncos country wants gone from staff. But when we talk about just like at the, what matters most at the end of the day, like coaching is important, but it's also like the nucleus, the structure of your football team. And I think with that, I think one of the biggest things the Broncos need to look at that I think is going to look entirely different in 2023, Sarah, I think the offensive line minus Quinn Miners, potentially Garrett Bulls, I think will look entirely different at left guard, at center, at right tackle. I think that'll be a huge change for them next year. And I think that's something that they need to look at changing, potentially also offensive line coach.
1: Yeah, definitely. Butch Berry replacing Mike Munchak in the offseason was not the most popular move among Broncos country. And it seems kind of like everybody was right about that. You know, when Nathaniel Hackett was initially hired, he wanted to bring Adam Stenovich along with him from the Green Bay Packers, the offensive line coach over there. He wanted to bring Stenovich to be the offensive coordinator in Denver. Well, Stenovich was given a promotion in Green Bay and opted to stay there. So then Hackett kind of pivoted to Justin Outen as the offensive coordinator and Butch Berry as the O-line coach just didn't didn't really make sense to me, Cody, especially when you had guys in-house like Mike Munchak or even Chris Cooper, who once played in the zone blocking scheme. I mean, he's been uh, very effective in that. Scheme. He knows the scheme very well. So you had guys in-house that you could have worked with. And it's one of those situations where George Payton, very supportive of his head coach as the general manager, you want to support your head coach. You want to give him the opportunity to build his staff. But maybe that was one area where he should have stepped in and said, okay, you didn't get Stanovich. Let's go with one of these guys to teach that scheme. Mike Munchak, a Hall of Fame offensive lineman himself. I'm sure he knows how to teach this. Remember how ridiculous it was when we were talking about, well, Mike Munchak doesn't coach zone blocking scheme. He coaches power or whatever it is. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Mike Munchak The Hall of Fame offensive lineman knows how to coach the zone blocking scheme, and Chris Cooper, along with him, those guys. I, I mean, Chris Cooper's done a tremendous job in Minnesota. Munchak though, Cody, that loss was huge. The Broncos need to change not only personnel, but maybe they need to give a call to Mike Munchak again and say, you know, like the happy Gilmore to Chubbs. Like, I'm sorry, you were right. I was wrong. You're the best. I'm the worst. (laughs) So I think, you know, that kind of a thing might need to happen there with Mike Munchak to get this offensive line back on track.
0: I think that's a fair point as well because you know Mike Munchak, he's uh, he's still living in Denver, to my knowledge. So he's just down the road in the valley. If anybody wants to knock on his door and say, "Hey, will you come back?" I mean, even if George Payton stands outside his house at night with a boombox on his shoulder <laughs> saying, "Baby, come back," you can blame it all on me. I mean, I, I think that's what the Broncos. Have to take a look at, unfortunately, like with, with Butch Berry and even like with Justin Mountain, it's evident at this point in time for Nathaniel Hackett. Those weren't his first two choices. Those were the choices they had to settle on in a sense, or at least I don't know if settles the right word, but those are like the next best thing at least in the eyes of nathaniel hack at the time which unfortunately it's just proven that you know with with butch Berry it simply has not worked out for this broncos football team the offensive line may be different as well but i also think that the running back room sarah when you look at it right now outside of javante williams everybody else they're on expiring deals chase Edmonds, not necessarily you can cut him after the year so you don't have to pay him i believe he's going to be due five million dollars next year You cut him at the end of the season, you're not going to be on the books. You don't have to account for any dead cap for him, anything like that. Uh, Latavius Murray, in my opinion, Sarah, I I feel like he, in my firm opinion, right, and and it could be entirely different. Brock, is country, we're eager for your thoughts. I feel like Latavius has played himself into at least a number two role in Denver next season. I I think that despite when you look at – if you look at his numbers, people are like, oh, you know, he hasn't really done anything special. Part of that's on blocking, but I also think there's been moments like he even had a 12 yard run in Sunday's game against the Raiders. I was like, how did he make that play? Like he sidestepped and then powered through and fell forward. Denver simply hasn't had that. I and mean, he's also reliable. Latavius Murray has not put the ball on the ground for Denver. Melvin Gordon will likely be gone. Mike Boone's a question mark at this point, right? He's got value in special teams, but will the team view him valuable in terms of maybe potential carries? Also, Javante Williams is coming off of a knee surgery where it was the damage to the ACL in a sense. The damage to his knee was a lot more significant than most people suffer with common ACL injuries. So will he even be ready for week one? And if so, like... There's a process for him to get back to maybe where he's comfortable coming off of an ACL, especially at the running back position where you're planting, you're cutting, you're hitting the hole. There aren't many Adrian Peterson-like moments these days anymore, Sarah. So the running back room right now arguably becomes like the
1: biggest question mark outside offensive line. It does. And I think that opens up the discussion with that first round pick. You just got back. There's that kid out of Texas, Bijan Robinson. I mean, anything's on the table for the Broncos right now in terms of offensive personnel, when you're talking about position groups to look at, everybody wants to say, well, it's got to be offensive line in the first round of the draft. Now that you have a pick back in that round, but that's not necessarily the case. The Broncos have to take the best offensive player available. And again, this is about evaluation season. Remember, with the number three there in place of the E, it's all about Russell Wilson. So you have to get in the best option. If you've got a guy sitting there on the board that's you know, your eighth or ninth best offensive tackle or your number one running back, Russell Wilson needs that help in the running game to be better, and we just don't know who's gonna be available for the Broncos next year, whether Javante Williams is back and healthy or not, it remains to be seen. So you have to make the best investment possible. I'm sure people are gonna come out in droves in the comments, say, no, no, offensive line only in the first round. And and I'm, I'm ready for that, Cody. I think we're ready for that over the next few months here. But just know that running back is going to be on the table for the Denver Broncos early on in the 2023 NFL draft.
0: I know, and I'm, I've been thinking about that as well because that was also brought up to me, and I was like, ah, like you know, like coming off the season Denver's had, if Denver drafted a running back with their first-round pick, things are going to melt down. Like, right? yeah. as good as that Texas running back is, things are going to melt down in a sense because yeah. everyone's going to be like, what, this is not the biggest need. I think the running back is probably one of the biggest needs. I think cornerback is still a huge need for Denver, the offensive line. really, Realistically, it's probably like, The most pressing, maybe wide receiver. We even throw that on there. There's four or four things, but it's not the off season yet. We'll dive into all that stuff in the off season, free agency, the NFL draft. You get all that here on lockdown Broncos. One of the things we're also going to talk about what's went wrong with this season here for this Denver Broncos football team, despite the mile high expectations that we had, that you had, that everybody in the national media had for this team what went wrong. We'll dive into that on today's episode Lockdown Broncos, but this episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net, and if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fixed, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts Continuing on with today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. For this team coming into the season, the expectations were a mile high. We've been part of fueling that as members of the media. Things that we've seen at practice and the moves that the Broncos made on paper, we looked at all of it and we said, you know what? Denver has the makings to be a very good football team. And I still think that the element is there, Sarah. I think it gets lost in the conversation of how bad the Broncos are. They're 3-7 record. I don't think talent is necessarily a question, though Denver's main talent has been injured this season. So let's start off here. The expectations for this team were really high with the addition of Russell Wilson, right? Because the conversation was the Broncos are quarterback away if their defense can still maintain and play at a high level. Denver's defense has been the best in the National Football League from a you know defensive scoring standpoint, lowest points allowed in the National Football League, despite the fact that they are coming off of a loss where the defense simply wasn't its best against the Las Vegas Raiders. Both things can be simultaneously true at this point. I would also say another thing here outside of just quarterback – Injuries have really impacted the Broncos at the talent position, right? At skill positions. Going through the season, I mean, Sarah, I think we can make a real legitimate argument here. Looking at how things have gone, Cortland Sutton has struggled this season. And I think that I read something along the lines. He only has one touchdown, I think, in the last 11, 20 games, maybe. Something along those lines there. Which goes to show, and I don't know if this comes across as a hot take. I hope it doesn't. But I think just looking at it and seeing how the offense has been without him, I think you can make a legitimate argument that Tim Patrick could be wide receiver. One could be the most important wide receiver for this Broncos football team. You lose him in training camp. That was a gut punch to this team. Jerry Judy banged up with injuries. KJ Hamler banged up with injuries and Cortland Sutton has to, has had to be that number one guy. And unfortunately, Sarah, like he's had a couple of big moments. He had a couple of big catches against the Raiders, but he also had two really big drops. And, you know, for some reason, like if Jerry Judy were to sneeze, someone would, would be pissed at him for how things have gone. But, Corlin Sutton has not lived up to
1: expectations this year. No, he hasn't, Cody. And I'll I'll eat plenty of crow throughout the season for being wrong about a lot of things, including even on this episode here. But I am going to take a bit of a victory lap on this one because I remember, Cody, back when Tim Patrick was injured, we talked a lot about how the Broncos need to fortify their wide receiver room, and they simply didn't do it. They went with in-house guys. They went with the in-house replacement. And yes, I know we just talked a couple segments ago about Kendall Hinton and the fact that he's stepping up. But really, and I tweeted this during in the game on Sunday and a lot of times, you know, I tweet things that are emotional at the time during the game, but this, this take, I think was pretty, pretty level headed at the time. It's been very unfortunate to me that the Broncos in the absence of Tim Patrick, especially have not been able to rely on Cortland Sutton as the wide receiver one for this team. He has not established or reestablished himself as the go-to guy in key situations. And, you know, he proved me a little bit wrong in that Raiders game. Right after I tweeted that, he made that big catch that adjustment that he made on the back shoulder throw and he made a couple of tough catches throughout the rest of the game but by and large like you mentioned the one touchdown over umpteen games Cortland Sutton hasn't established himself as a wide receiver one he signed the big extension around this time last year uh correct me if I'm wrong on that he signed the big extension Everybody kind of felt like, man, the Broncos got a great value there. Right now, though, it looks like maybe, I mean, cortland has got to start doing his part to live up to that contract. A missed opportunity on a third down play against the Raiders that could have helped the Broncos extend another drive. He had opportunities all throughout the season this year and last year. And make big plays, the penalty, the block in the back, that you know, I mean, just all these different things that have piled up and it's it's unfortunate because especially with Javante Williams down, KJ Hamler's not able to stay healthy, Jerry Judy once again injured. You needed a guy like Cortland Sutton to be the guy that you could rely on, even if it was just like Devontae Adams with the Raiders, where they just freaking throw him the ball every play, and and they can at least rely on him to put up numbers. He's leading the league in receiving touchdowns, right? So I i mean at least if Cortland sutton could be that guy right to be the guy that okay our offense is struggling let's just throw number 14 the ball and see what happens the broncos haven't been able to do that so i think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying about this tim patrick thing and expectations overall by and large for this offense they were set completely high remember You and I were recording an episode with Tim Jenkins about NFL draft quarterbacks after Aaron Rodgers re-signed with the Green Bay Packers, or said that he was going to re-sign with them. We're like, okay, what is what is the Broncos' plan now? Is it can he like can we? Can we convince ourselves of Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or Malik Willis or something like that? And we're getting all this info from Tim Jenkins. And we log off the the computer, and you you called me, and you're like, dude, the Broncos just traded for Russell Wilson. That's why the expectations were so crazy because for a long time the rumor was, well, we're getting Aaron Rodgers, and then instantly, in, in one fell swoop, Rodgers goes back to the Packers. The Broncos trade for Russell Wilson. So you went from this. Ultimate low to this incredible high in a matter of minutes because the Broncos made this dramatic move the 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 whole thing right now is those expectations were set at that point that the Broncos could be Super Bowl contenders. I was one of those people that said, and a lot of us said the team's a quarterback away. National media pundits are looking at the Broncos as a quarterback away. The only issue is we didn't realize how complicated it was going to be with being a quarterback away, getting that quarterback, but also taking away the coaching staff that made that team over the last three years look like they were a quarterback away. I know there's a lot of uh, layers to that as well, but that's to me, Cody, where things kind of are as of right now.
0: Oh, and I think when you look at it, too, especially with the injuries of wide receiver, Cortland Sutton not being able to to shoulder the big workload, right, and to be able to do the things that I think is needed as a true wide receiver one, that also factors into Russell Wilson only having seven touchdown passes, seven touchdowns to five interceptions this year. Sarah, I mean, I, I haven't seen... This is weird. This is such a weird year. This was not the expectation that any of us have had. That's not the expectation that Broncos fans watching or listening to this podcast have had. I think that's the most infuriating part about it. And so now you're tied to Russell Wilson. And look, I think that we've also kind of maybe gained a little bit of ground saying, okay, looking at some of the things that we saw, especially in the first half against the Raiders, I don't think everything is on Russell Wilson the way that everybody makes it out to be. Like, oh, it's Russ's fault. I think that Russ has had his fair share of struggles and deserves some criticism, absolutely. But I don't think that he's been the sole problem. I think that there's areas that we started to see, okay, hey, the quick passing game, him being able to roll out and throw on the run, that suits his game a little bit more. There's other things like pass protection, wide receiver personnel that I think has impacted that as well. So while it's not all on Russell Wilson, he deserves a fair share of the blame. It's also on coaching. It's also on some of the other factors there. I think that kind of makes me feel a little bit better, maybe about the potential that this team can have going forward. But you know what? There's going to be a lot of change there. I'm not sure what the change is going to entail, but that's something we're going to be here every step of the way here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast on your favorite audio podcasting platform or whether you watch on YouTube. Just a quick reminder, it is Thanksgiving week and we do not expect you to have to sit and listen to a podcast on Thanksgiving Day. We will have content out for you. We'll have a crossover episode out for you on Thursday, but we're going to record Fan Friday a little bit earlier in the week because I want to spend time with my family before I have to get on the road to go to Charlotte to cover the Broncos on the road at the Panthers. So make sure you stay Stay tuned on the Twitter feed at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger. We'll put out the fan Friday tweet. You can reply to it. We'll share the best responses here on air on the lockdown Broncos podcast. Broncos country. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.